Today's podcast is brought to you by RetouchUp.com. RetouchUp wants to be your photo editing partner. They help you streamline your workflow to keep you doing what you do best, shooting, selling, or just enjoying life. Be sure and listen later in the show for how you can receive a special discount code from RetouchUp.com. You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Good afternoon. How's your day going? My day is good. My daughter just bought me a uh, huge smoothie, like the biggest... I see that. You were struggling with the straw there. Smoothie on the plant. It was $5 Friday, so she brought me a trash can, a uh, coma-inducing <laughs> smoothie. There's got to be something nice about having a kid who's old enough to drive and get you things. Oh, dude. It's fantastic. I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want her to hear me say this, <laughs> but, but it's fantastic because she's out all the time. So anytime, day or night, when you're like, you know, I'd like an ice cream or something, you can just text, hey, bring me an ice cream. And she's got to do it. She's driving your car. It's like having a butler or a, you know, like a valet. You've got your own valet. I, I do. I have my own valet. I can, I can send her for stuff. I'm like, Sam, go to the store. We need eggs. And you know what? She's probably still just excited to drive at her age. There's a little bit of that. Mostly she's just excited to get as far away from me as possible. I can see that. How is the, uh, the smoothie, by the way? It's all right. We, it's, uh, we were discussing smoothies uh, today, my daughter and I, and, and how one place's smoothie is more like a milkshake and the other place's smoothie is more like an icy. I prefer the milkshake. She prefers the icy. That's true. They do vary. There's a, a yes. yeah, there is a, there is a, I mean, I'm not much of a smoothie person because it's basically just sugar water masquerading as something healthy. But, right. You know. Well, they put a banana in there. That's about yeah. it. Banana is nature's Snickers bar. It is literally the worst fruit you can eat for your body. It's like potassium, yeah. yeah, but it clogs you up and it just raises your blood sugar on this. It's, it's a useless, although we eat lots of them. We talked about it previously. But what I wanted to talk about, because I saw this this beautiful moment happened that I, it's a glimpse into my future, which was your daughter, your loving daughter, bringing you a smoothie. So Julie and I are sitting down to dinner with the girls the other night. And it's, uh, and we're chatting away, just how is your day stuff? Cause I'm gone at the studio all day. And, and Julie and I are just chatting away and, and out of nowhere, uh, my five-year-old Ellie, my beloved, my beloved Eleanor, she comes walking out of the kitchen with a beer in each hand. <laughs> All right. And she says, she says, Mommy, Daddy, it's beer time. <laughs> and, and as I reached up and cleared the tears out of my eyes, the tears of joy, through the tears, once the tears are gone from my eyes, like she, not only was she bringing us beers, she brought each of us the kind that we like. Right. And, and they were in koozies. Okay. I don't want to rain on that. And I know that that's, that's a tender moment. You know, that's that's a tender moment. But at the same time... Don't you dare ruin this for me. There has to be a little part of you that thinks this is going to be in the expose autobiography that she writes when she's... You know, <laughs> like, about how at age five, she, her father's alcoholism had been reached to the point that she was delivering beer to him. Because I recently taught my daughters how to make a drink. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, like, go home, go downstairs and make me a vodka tonic. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, this is going to show up in the autobiography. This is not going to be good for me. <laughs> and when daddy had had a particularly tough day, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is funny enough, uh, you know me a long time, you know, I, when we're at conventions and stuff, I usually do have a tendency on at least one of the nights to go to the wall a little bit on the drink. Sure. I mean, that's just like, but that's, that's grown up summer camp. In reality... At home, I, I actually drink very little. Like every, we don't even really keep beer in the house that often because we'll we'll drink it and it's a whole bunch of empty calories. So once, like we right now, we're getting the Sam Adams variety packs, and because they're on sale at our at our local grocery store, and uh, it's it's called Sweaterweather is the name of the pack, and so it's like a pumpkin beer and a couple of you know fall ish lagers and the Oktoberfest, and. These are great because they both have beers that Julie and I like. She likes disgusting pumpkin beer, and I like beer that tastes good. And so yeah, we get okay. we both get what we want. And it, you know, so and Julie rarely, rarely ever drinks at all, let alone you know. But when there's when you get to the end of the week 
or you just had a like a stressful day or you just had a busy day and you come home and you're just tired in your bones, man. You know, it's nothing like an ice cold beer. And like my daughter not only like picked the right moment to make that happen, but she got the beer right and put them in koozies because she you know, it's not like she could just bring us a beer any time of day and we'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Shower beer. Like she just, you know, she's like, these guys look like they need a drink. <laughs> And she did That's it. That's not good either, though. And she was, she had a smile on her face. Like, she's like, I figured it out. I, like, I, I unlocked the puzzle. I'm just saying, it can backfire on you because my daughter would be like, well, we've got the thing tonight. And that means you have to pick us up before she could drive. That means you have to pick me up at 10, dad, which means I, I'm, I'm really, really sorry because that means you can't drink. And I was, and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't like that you feel you have to be really apologetic because I can't drink. That that it's not that important to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 perfectly okay not drinking uh, on a Friday night. Uh, I'm not happy about it, but I'm perfectly okay with not being able to have a drink because I have to pick you up from band practice. Yeah, totally fine. Like, yeah, I get it, you know. But uh, I just you know had a little little moment there, yeah, and now you've nice. now you've now you basically ruined it. So there's, there's I'm just that. saying, enjoy it now because. It, it can get it can go the other way. On what you. she's writing her memoirs from prison, and you know <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Promoting her book. So what else is going on? Well, today is uh, October the second, twenty twenty. This is Friday, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Friday morning that we're recording this. And uh, is anything interesting happening in the world today? That that um, I don't know. I kind of I feel like I feel like that, that there's something happening today that maybe we should talk about a little bit because to ignore it would just be a really huge, huge elephant in the room. All right. I, I did get a new shirt. I noticed the new shirt. Also, I feel you're trimming your beard closer. Am I? I feel like it is. Or it could just be that you're really starting to show a lot of gray. Oh, I am. Oh, my God. I'm like, that's, what I, you know, I've uh, been making a lot of YouTube videos recently, the vlogging style stuff. And that was the one comment I look to you to like, really, you'll always tell me the truth. You'll always be honest and say, you know, I felt that this was the, the sound wasn't good or it was a little wordy or it wasn't interesting. So I know that I'm not going to get my feelings hurt because you're going to tell me the things that I need to hear. And <laughs> most people would get their feelings hurt if you told them the things that they needed to hear. I don't understand. And the first thing you said was. Man, you're getting real gray. <laughs> Your beard is getting so gray. And it is. You still yeah. look good, though. I'm not saying it's bad, you know. Oh, thanks. A little little salt in the pepper. That's fine. You know? Also, yeah. Also, the president has COVID. So anyway. Yeah, besides that. So I photographed some headshots yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so so the, the president of the United States has been diagnosed. And, president and, of the United States has the coronavirus. And uh, wow. And the first lady. Wow. And the first lady, yeah. And uh, the chairman of the Republican National Committee also <clears throat> has it. So basically, it's 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 raging through the 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 the, the administration up there. Like, uh, although, thank Lord, thank the Lord, Vice President Pence, he's clean. Him and him and the second lady are are, are all good. So everybody is speculating now. What happens if he gets really sick? What happens if he dies? Uh, God forbid. What happens if he goes into a coma? That's why we have a vice president. Uh, except yes, but it's we've never had anything like this happen in the middle of an election. You know, can we? Can we postpone the election? Does Pence automatically become the nominee? Boom, boom, boom. So, of course, I have been researching it all morning because this is what I do. Okay, before we do this, and I know this is what you do, before you blow the dust off the ancient scrolls of the <laughs> Revolutionary War, of, of the First Continental Congress, yes, I just want to say that uh, without any political agenda or anything, it is not my uh, our, I'm sure, wish that for anything bad to happen to anyone no. like this. No, no, certainly I, not. I think that it is important that whether you love the man or anyone or, or hate them, uh, to, to wish sickness and death on a person is is vile and uh, not cool, and we do not condone that at all. So please no, continue. I, no, I'm, no I, you know, I mean, I'm interested in the procedure. Right, that's what we're talking That's about. what I so, find is interesting is the procedure. So from so if you're, you know, hearing this and, and by the time you hear this we've already been through the weekend, but if you're if you're interested, here's what I've drummed up and some of this may be correct and some of it may be incorrect. Um but it would appear that if something were to happen to where he couldn't run, that there are steps in place that would fix that, but it may be too late to to fix those things. For example, the 
RNC could get together and get the people who vote at the convention to just vote for a new nominee. But then the problem there is that even if they could get the balance changed uh, in time for the election, many states have already passed their deadline for being able to submit names for the ballot. And some states are, in fact, already voting. Right. Right. So so they can't change. It's too late to change it. So that becomes a problem. Um, the, uh, could you postpone the election? Well, that can only be done by an act of Congress, which is both houses. And I don't think you're going to get the Democratic Congress to agree to postpone the election. Mm. So I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that probably the most probable thing that would happen if he couldn't run or if, God forbid, uh, he was to be put into a coma or, or become incapacitated, or die, become incapacitated. Yeah, yeah. the most probable thing that would happen is that the ticket would stay exactly the way that it is and you would vote for Trump-Pence and then uh, come time for the inauguration, if that ticket wins, uh, whoever's standing is the man who takes it over. Seems, you know? It seems like you would get... You would, because the other thing is that you can't... Like, people have voted in the primaries. They've made their decision. Yeah, but you know? even though they voted in the primaries, that's all still the the... You have to remember that at the political conventions, they don't have to pick the, – the electors do not have to pick the people who were voted for. That's just guidance. As it so often happens, they'll say, you know, after the first two ballots, then it then it's anybody's ball game. You know, after the first two ballots, when the states have voted for the people they were told to vote for and it's still deadlocked, it's anybody's ball game. That's when the wheeling and the dealing and the backroom politics began because anyone can vote, any state can vote any way that they want to. So the Republicans could absolutely just call up all their state electors and say, okay, I need, we need you all to vote for Pence now as the nominee. And they could. It could be done in the afternoon. But even if they did that, they couldn't get him on the ballot in all the states, especially the states where people are already voting. Virginia's already voting. Yeah, you're, you're, you're talking about getting tens of millions of ballots out and then having to reprint them and get them out and like you can't and and mail and what about the mail-ins right so and if you tried to do that then you would also get into a problem of there would be so many lawsuits from people who had already voted and said wait a minute i already voted and now you've changed which is going to happen by the way even if even if if they don't do any of this stuff and even if they just say okay this it's the ticket and now uh, Trump is gone or whatever, which means it goes to Pence, there will be people who will challenge that and say, I didn't vote for Pence for president. I voted for Trump for president. Right. You know, right. So uh, it's going to be an S show uh, if that were to happen. And, and, and very likely will end up in the hands of the Supreme Court. As long as as long as uh, he the president recovers, uh, we won't have to worry too much about it. But. Yeah, the absolute best thing that we can happen is for him to be asymptomatic. And uh, everything to continue as usual. That's the best thing for everyone involved, and for the country, for the courts, uh, for everything. It would be for him to be asymptomatic. Maybe he gets a fever for a day or two, and then he's fine. Everybody's fine, and then we have election like normal. I was reading this morning that the president has mild symptoms and that the first lady is asymptomatic. But, I mean, this literally just happened last night, and by the time we record on Friday, podcast, com podcast comes out on Tuesday. So anything can happen over the next three days. So... Right. Well, the scary thing is he's in the 10% 10th percentile um, with no complications. So at his age, 10% of the people in his age group who get it ten, uh, can die from it. And that's with no other complications figured in like you know, obesity or heart disease or anything else that he might be experiencing at that age, which is normal for people that age. So that's the scary part. Um, I just hope that he's fine. And we can just get on with business as usual and get this whole mess over with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would that would you know? be the. I think that would be the best thing. And you know, I don't, again, you know, politics notwithstanding, you never wish sickness and death on on a on a person. You know, um, I think that's pretty awful. And I've seen people already jumping to do that on social media, and I just think it's. You know, it's okay. You like think those thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. I absolutely have no problem thinking destruction yes. on my enemies. Just don't voice it. Yes. Yeah. See, I'm not going to get on Facebook and tell them the bad things that I'm thinking about them. That's just rude. It's rude. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. Okay. I I should have figured. My question is, in order to do this research, did you stay up late last night or get up early this morning? No, I found out early this morning. Uh, Bobby came in and brought me some coffee. I was in bed and she brought me some coffee and we chit-chatted and she said, yeah, I'm going to take a shower. And she goes to take a shower and then I checked my phone and boom, there it was. And I'm like, 
Bobby, did you know about this? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you didn't lead with this? I, I, how did you not walk into the bedroom with this news? And she goes, I assumed you already knew. I assumed you had found out last night or something. I'm like, no, this is the first I've heard of it. So then immediately I started researching, you know, what happens if the president dies during the electoral process or what happens if he's incapacitated or what? And the one thing that they can't, they can change the date of the election, but they can't change the actual transference of power. That is in the Constitution and they would have to amend the Constitution. So come hell or high water on, what is it, January 10th or January 20th or whatever, come hell or high water, we either swear in a new president or Nancy Pelosi becomes acting president of the United States. Because that's in the Constitution and can't be, there's no workaround for that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So I think that we jumped, we actually brushed up against something that I find really interesting. You are so well informed, typically, that people don't tell you things because they assume you already know them. <laughs> yeah. Could that, yeah. Now, that could lead to some disastrous consequences. Yeah, right. Well, it happens all the time. You'll send me something and you'll go, oh, and you'll send me something and I'll go, saw that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get a thumbs up. I get a, yeah. not even a big thumbs up. I get a little thumbs yeah. up. Saw that. Or no response at all. I can see the little blue check mark that says you read it. I don't give you the thumbs up anymore because of the little blue check mark. And that's my new thing, by the way. I've started that now. I have decided that the mandatory text back to let people know you read their text, if it comes in on Messenger, I'm not doing that anymore. So if you just tell me something and I don't have a reply, I'm just going to read it, and that's it. You can see that I read it. So, you know, because isn't that annoying when you t you're like, hey, I'll be there at 4.30. And then you put your phone in your pocket. Da-dink. Oh, now you got to pull your phone back. Out. <laughs> okay. Never put your phone in your pocket. Just get that, it's that, that endless stream of little bitty tingbacks to each other. I'm like, we don't need to do that. You know, you can see that I, you can see that I read it. You know, the best thing that I've done since, uh, not only for my battery life, but for my sanity, is I turned off notifications on everything on my phone except for phone calls and text messages. So Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, nothing, nothing lights up my phone, nothing vibrates in my pocket except for when someone texts me or calls me. And that's, uh, it also gives you extended battery life. Just a pro tip, you guys. Just a pro yeah, tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, okay sure. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, fine. So uh, you want an update on preschool gate? Oh, oh, yeah. Is there someone still in your parking spot? Uh, every, you know, like right now, <laughs> I can look to my right and I can see. How are you living? I mean, how are you, how are you like working in that room knowing that just outside their front door there is someone parked, backed in to your parking spot? For new listeners, well, just a quick primer. I hate, I hate back in parking. And then a few months ago, a preschool moved into the space next door to me in the plaza where my studio is. And so... Uh, their their drop off and pick up room is in the room on the other side of the wall from my office, and it gets very loud in here in certain times of day, and it's horrible and obnoxious. But in any case, anyway, here's preschool gate. Julie and I, Julie listened to last week's show. We talked about the the person who's now parking in my parking spot, backing in, and she just she was in the kitchen with her headphones in, and I was giving the girls a bath, and she just like in the in the kitchen, I just heard her lose it. She just started laughing out loud and dropped a dish in the sink because she because she was like, "How could you not have told me that this is happening?" And uh, anyway, so you know, wanting more than the podcast listeners get on an update on it, and there's not much more except to say that like the car. Like, I always figure, like, if you've got a really beautiful sports car that you just want to show off the shoulder and show off the lines of that car, you know, I could see somebody back in parking. If you've got the cojones to be driving around a Ferrari and parking in a public parking lot like a maniac, then go ahead and pack that bad boy in. Why not? And then even then you get the, the baby ballers who drive like a Honda Civic that they get for two grand and then spend 10 grand fixing it up like those guys. And, and even them, I can see that they have the, the, the impetus to sort of do it the hubris nay the hubris well there is a there is a certain person for whom their car is you know very important to them and 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 so you get that that they where they park and how they park is more important to them and you're like okay i, I get that yeah absolutely no i get it like you know my, my one of my very dear friends best man at my wedding david he uh he back in parks he drives an acura it looks like a dad got the sportiest car he was allowed to get by his right. family. You know, like right. that's what that's what an Acura is. An Acura is she wouldn't let me get a nicer sports car. So now I have an Acura. But Acuras are really nice. It's fine. But um so, but this car, it's like a it's like a Kia Sorento. It's it's like a it's it's I mean it's not even and it's like a 2007 there's like and it's just 
It's just backed in. Like right there, I got a. It's right outside the front door of my studio. I got to look at it every day. And at least I was thinking, like, if it was just a really nice, flashy car, I could at least go. Well, not my thing, but I I can see why you'd want right. to show that off. But like, it's it's not. It's like a like a Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> it's like a you know, like it, it's just sitting there being all mediocre. It's it's like a it's like a if if ambivalence were an automobile. It's you know like that's. That's what it is. But anyway, so Preschool Gate, uh, surprisingly, and I have no idea why this happened, but for some reason, the noise has stopped the last couple of days. And I don't know if they've shut down the preschool for COVID, <laughs> which I don't know that. I'm just, that's just conjecture. Or if they've moved the intake and pickup room to the other side of their space. I don't know. But I'm going to do a little investigating next week. Hopefully I have an update on that. I'm going to talk to the landlord because... Uh, yeah, I was doing some audio recording in here uh, just the other day, and I thought, why am I not miserable? Why is it not noisy in here right now? And uh, so, anyway, just an update, preschool gate. There you go. There it is. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show last week, but did I tell you that one of McKenzie's friends who's back in school, that his class, because of quarantine, every kid in his class except him got quarantined? <laughs> how does, like, how do you know you're the unpopular kid? Yeah, like someone in the <laughs> class had it. And, you know, so they had to take everyone around that kid. And he was like the one kid that was outside the circle of influence. So, so now, so now, so he's the only kid left in the class. He has basically a tutor. He has a private tutor now. Well, okay. So let's unpack that. First of all, if, if it's almost like a, like an illustration of how to find the unpopular kid, because all the other kids in class, when they were doing their, what do they call it? Contact tracing. Right. And the school was doing his contact tracing. It's like, okay, so tell me who you've come in contact with. Uh, let's see, Samantha, uh, Mackenzie, Sarah, Billy, Tyler. Uh, what about uh, Jeffrey? Oh, God, no. Yes. <laughs> Jeffrey, he hasn't been anywhere near the cool kids. Sorry. Oh, Jeffrey. Oh, God. I think we actually even, he has his own corner of the class. I don't think anybody's even come within six feet of him in since middle school. By the way, new season of Pin 15 has dropped. And if you want to, if you, have, if you ever wanted to watch a show that is so cringy, in its portrayal of what it is to be a 12-year-old girl, uh, Pin 15 is the one to watch. Just just incredible, incredible show where two grown women portray 12-year-old versions of themselves, and the rest of the cast is all played by actual kids who are that age. One of them, actually, uh, there's a kid in the this series who basically has to wrestle with realizing that he's gay, and that particular kid goes to middle school in Orlando. Is that right? Yeah, he's an Orlando student uh, because I read a, a thing about the story and, and uh, how he feels about portraying it and everything, and it mentioned that he was an Orlando student. I thought, well, you might have possibly shot his headshot at some point. Um, it's, <laughs> you know what? might be so. Well, it's funny. We have a lot of clients who are on film and TV, and we just do such a piss-poor job of keeping up with them. I had a right. client come in the studio the other day because I was photographing one of her friends, and she stopped in to say hello, and she was just telling me, oh, I did this audition. I was on this show, and... I was watching Cobra Kai, funny enough, and um, the, the there's an episode, you know, where there's a big fight, right? And right. remember uh, Stingray, the guy, <laughs> the guy with the goatee, Stingray? Are there a lot of episodes of Cobra Kai where there's a fight? No, there's a particularly big fight at the, the last episode of season two. And, uh, and you know Stingray, the guy with the weird goatee? Okay. And he's interviewing at the school with the principal for like a security job. Do you remember that scene at the end? No, I haven't like, seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? Okay, well... Anyway, the the principal of the high school is one of my clients. Wow, and, yeah. that's cool, right? And, and I and I was watching it, and then it cuts to a scene, and I was like, "Oh my god, there he is!" You know, a great actor is named Jose Miguel Vasquez, and him and his wife and his three children are all in the entertainment business. It's really weird when that happens. Um, I have a friend of mine who's a stand-up comedian in L.A., and he does. I was watching uh, what's that that show on Netflix or whatever? Upload. Yeah, and I was watch. I was watching that, and Bing, there he was, you know. And then uh, he pops up and stuff all the time. The weirdest thing was uh, watching ER once, and the ambulance pulls up, and the doors open, and they're pulling the guy out. What's what's the case? What's the problem? And one of the people pulling the person out of the ambulance was a girl I had dated. You've talked to me about her before, right? Yeah. So that was that was very. And then and then later she ended up on The Apprentice. 
she was actually on actually on an episode of The Apprentice. Yeah, it is cool. Like the longer I've been working with people in the entertainment business, I don't say that I'm working in the entertainment business because it sounds douchey. The longer I work with people who work in entertainment, um, the more people I've seen. So many of our of our clients over the years on film and TV and uh, and commercials. It's always a trip because immediately, if you know the person in the scene, it takes you out of the scene. Yeah, like you're you like you know what I mean. But anyway, yeah, so there you have it. So there you, so there you go. You kind of, I don't know what you were doing there. Uh, so I think it's about that time. Don't you think it's about that time? I agree. It is time for Photography News. Photography, Photography News. Photography News is sponsored by RetouchUp.com. They are your photo retouching experts. I can't recommend them enough, especially for big jobs, bulk jobs, volume jobs. You just send all your work off to RetouchUp, and they take care of it for you. Don't forget, if you're signing up for a new RetouchUp account, be sure and put Photobomb down so that you will get a special discount code. And for a limited time, if you are thinking about doing, uh, what you call it, restoration, restoring photographs for people, then RetouchUp can be your major hookup in that department as well. There's no need to learn how to do it because you can send it to RetouchUp and they will do it for you for a one-time price, no matter how bad the damage is, of just $35. And? And if you send an email to P at RetouchUp.com, he will knock half off that price for your very first one. Well, that's uh, basically free money just for sending an email, you know? Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I've got a picture of myself and my brother from when I think I was three and he was six. And it's just classic 80s studio portraiture. I believe my dad took it. White background. And what do you call those things? And it's like a couch that's like curled up on the end. It's like flat. And then it's high on this end and low on this end. A settee? A settee. It might be a set. Yeah. And so we're both sitting on one and kind of leaning elbows on each side. And I'm little and he's bigger than me. And, and we're both completely platinum toe-headed blondes. And my brother's got big blue eyes, and I've got the brown eyes. And, and we're wearing the same. We're wearing matching track suits. That's his matching velour <laughs> okay. track suits. All right. And, and so and in this – and however, what was in fashion in some time in the 80s was when you would order a photo, and you could get it with an overlay on it, like, like a puzzle pieces or, or different things, you know? And mm-hmm. so basically, it's, it's an overlay of a puzzle – which is, and I've also drawn horns on my brother in this photo. I've had this since I was a kid. So I've got this eight by 10 with this horrendous 80s puzzle overlay that makes the photo look like a puzzle. Okay. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, you're, you're just setting the bar. You're like, we're going to find out if RetouchUp can really do this show. And we were at dinner the other night and Julie said, she goes, and, and uh, Josie wanted to see the picture because we have a, a way up on a shelf. It's very, very precious to me because it's one of the only pictures I have from, of me as a kid and my brother as a kid. And, Got it down, and uh, and and Julie goes, you know, you should send this to Retouch Up and see what they can do with it. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. I think it's a great idea. Sure, why not? What have you got to lose? Take a shot of it and send it in. You know what I got to lose? Seventeen bucks, and that's it. You know, <laughs> and you know what? They'll keep fixing it until it's right. That's, they will. They will. That's, yeah. This is so a I'm, I don't have anything to lose. Right. So uh, in photography news this week, a lot of little stories, like a little, uh, just a little. Uh, Touch things we want to touch on real quick. Uh, the Kobe Bryant law uh, has been passed in California, making it a misdemeanor now for a first responder or anyone, I guess, to take uh, pictures of an accident scene uh, for anything other than police purposes. It's a misdemeanor and a potential one thousand dollar fine. Uh, so they passed that law, and I think that's a, I think that's a good law. Do you know what brought this on? There were were there people that took pictures of Kobe? Yeah, yeah. And, and and the thing is, I think this only applies to first responders because I don't think you can stop a citizen from taking a photograph of anything. No, we've talked about that in the news before. You absolutely can't. It yeah. just responds. It just applies to first responders. And I guess the thinking there is that first responders need to go inside the tape. Right. Right. So th- so then since they get to come inside the tape, you do get to place restrictions on what they can do. And so they've uh, they've passed this law, which I think I think it's a good law. And what was what was the fine? A thousand dollars, potentially a thousand dollars, is a misdemeanor. Well, so TMZ will probably pay you ten for the photo, so you're up nine grand, four for the lawyer. You're still <laughs> you five go. grand ahead. There you go. So yeah, I mean, it's I get it. It's ho- horrific, you know. But especially in you know, Kobe was played for the Lakers. He lived in Los Angeles, and I'm sure that you know, if you're a first responder in that part of the in that part of the country, that you get very many opportunities to be in and around people who are famous because everybody lives there and works there and that's where most of this stuff happens and so 
I, you know, I think it's absolutely a good thing. I think the fine should be $10,000 and it should be a felony, if you want, <laughs> you know, my opinion, because it's just gross, you know, opportunistic. I mean, it's horrendous. Yeah, they're famous. There's somebody who's in the spotlight, but don't you think there'll be enough coverage without having to see their mangled, broken, bloated body? Like, yeah, no, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I read that story. I just feel pretty passionately about it. Like, for the, especially a first responder, you should know better. Right, right. That's what you're there for. And I think right. the vast majority of paramedics, EMTs, firefighters, police officers, crime scene investigators, you know, um, all of these people are there and they're professionals and doing their jobs. But there's just going to be that one guy who's going to take a selfie with Chris Farley's dead body or something like that. Not he died probably before smartphones, but, you know, that I just think it's gross. And, uh, and they should forego the, the fine and the misdemeanor. And just pull your fingernails out if you do it. I think they should. Oh, okay. All right. Well, straight yeah. to the torture. For yeah, yeah. Taking a f- okay. All right. Oh, too much? You obviously feel strongly about this, and I respect your right to have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you don't res- I don't respect your opinion. I respect your right <laughs> to have one, but I don't respect your opinion. Olympus has uh, completed their sale of uh, their imaging business to JIP. So and we covered that in great detail in the past, and now it is a done deal. Olympus has been sold to JIP. We don't think it's going to make that big of a difference, really. It seemed like a big deal when they said Olympus is selling, but I don't think it matters who owns them as long as they keep making cameras, and I think they're going to uh, keep making cameras. Yeah, if it's making money, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. They just have to scale down the cost of production, I think. You know, a lot of times if you bring production inside a larger company's envelope, they can get things done for less money, you know, or or... There is that business model where you buy a brand and ride it until the wheels fall off. Right. Because you can just afford to do that, you know? So they might have done the projection and say, well, Olympus looks like we think that it'll be worth this much over the next 10 years. We should get a 30% return on what we just paid for it. And then when it stops making money, we'll just dump it, you know? And now uh, we can check in with our uh, correspondent for Rise of the Robot Overlords yes. and uh, confirm that Google is coming out with some new stuff for their phone and for Google Photos. And one of them is directional light. And I mm. sent this to you, and you played around with it a little bit, and it's pretty creepy, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's basically adding to, I think, Android phones, right? These these capabilities right. inside, the, you know. And we talk all the time about when is this technical growth in photographic technology and imaging technology going to make it so that it doesn't matter if you're a good photographer or not. But I went to the the website. First of all, the picture that they give you as a sample is a great photo. Like it's a very high sure. quality photo, which I doubt was taken with a phone. But anyway, um, the the all of the different modes, portrait and all these different things are cool. But with the moving the lighting around, it had the feel of, it was a really cool effect. It didn't actually change the the lighting on the subject, which was pretty strong, but it did have the feel more of being able to post shoot move a reflector around the picture as if you were adding fill light and i thought that that was kind of cool right you get you get a little more shadow on the shadow side and a little more brightness on the bright side by moving it around it's not like dramatic you know but it, you but you can see that it's almost like like when i would go in with a photoshop uh with a levels tool and brush in a little shadow on one side of the face if i wanted it to look just a little more directional except now it's just done right there with your finger on the phone yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, if they, if they make editing images easier and easier, that's cool. But you can only only polish a turd so much, <laughs> you know. And but we'll see. Uh, again, eventually, you know, the robot overlords are going to make photography a obsolete industry because they have obviously eyes that record everything in high definition from a three hundred sixty degree angle all the time. And robots also at this point don't have emotions and they don't understand the need to preserve memories for any emotional reasons. It's only documentaries, which they have perfect memories. And so they don't need photos. So, you know, like once they run things, photography is going to be going to be no more, unfortunately. So I'm actually, I for one am uh, taking some robotics courses online to learn how to service and repair our robot overlords in case they need me. I want to be useful to them and not, uh, and not obsolete. We talked about a week or so ago about uh, Skylum Luminar as a software uh, for retouching your photos, and they're very much going full force into AI, and they're adding some new stuff to their software. I I own this software, and it's interesting. Um, I didn't replace Photoshop for me yet. And now they're they're previewing some of the stuff they're going to be releasing, and now they're adding more AI where the AI will say, here's what we think you should do to the photo. 
And in the samples that I've seen, it's like, okay, so here's a street scene, and we've changed the color, we've fixed the lighter lighting, we've made it more contrasty, we've replaced the sky, and we've dropped in the moon. <laughs> and, and I mean, nice. you're, yeah, like you're, you're just like, and the AI did that, right? The AI just decided to do all that to the photograph? And I'm just, I mean, I, I understand some AI where they're like, oh, I can, I can tell this face isn't lit well enough or whatever. But when it starts like dropping in fake skies and giant moons and birds and stuff like that, I, I mean, at some point, is it just going to be that no one's ever going to say, wow, that's a great photograph because we, we know you really didn't have much to do with it. Well, you know, I, I say this every time we talk about new technology, the, the the concept is still going to make you different. So the people who are coming up with good ideas uh, are, are going to be the ones that uh, that get the work. And and it may, just like the camera industry, like pro cameras are, are getting sold in much smaller numbers these days than they used to um, because of phones and other advancing technology. So just like that, you know, photography could shrink as an industry as far as who's getting hired. But the people who, I mean, we could use a little thinning out, to be honest, but the people who are going to get hired and are going to be able to continue to do the work are going to be the ones doing the most interesting stuff creatively, I think. I'm just going to feel weird, right, if I use this software, because there's pictures that they show that are portraits. And then the software gets a hold of it and does something, not just cleaning it up or whatever, but also adding lens flare and ghosting stuff and everything else. And I'm like, that looks really cool. But if I posted that and people were like, wow, Blu-ray, great picture, I would feel weird. I feel like I cheated. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. I just had this experience. I went to our local art supply store. It's called Sam Flax. It's in a YouTube video that I put out last week that's, you know, where I, I, I've been printing a lot. Um, with my, my Canon, I got an image program 2100. I've talked about it before. So I've been printing stuff to, for my office. I've been printing stuff for my house. And w I also wanted to learn how to like print and mount and, and frame properly. It's just, it's this really cool process for me to learn how to do this stuff. And I'm getting a lot out of it, but I went to Sam Flax and I talked to the guy back there and he's in the printing framing department. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm looking for these tools. I need a soft roller. I need um, print weights. And I need, you know, I just did some research. I found out the stuff that I need to go buy. And this is the best place to get it in Central Florida, in my opinion. But the guy was like, you know, we have that as a service. And I was like, well, you know, I said, I really like this stuff. And I, I went through the process, like, this is really cool and how I want to do it. And he and he literally, he looks at me, he makes a face. He goes like, Ugh. like he was disgusted. <laughs> or I was stupid for wanting to do it myself. He's like, well, I've got a, a hot press and I just, bam, and it's done and it's perfect and, and just leave it with me. And I'm like, if I wanted someone else to do it, I wouldn't be in here right now. Like, you know right. what I mean? I wouldn't, like, I have a lab that I use to print work for my clients for the stuff that I don't want to do myself. So I'm doing small, like, fine art prints for myself, for my own pleasure, learning how to do this ancient, not ancient, but learning this craft and... This guy just crapped all over it, but I would feel I feel like I would I would I would feel like I'd be cheating the process. I want to learn how to take it from concept, capture, edit, post processing, print, matting, mounting, framing, designing. Like th that whole process from start to finish is what I'm trying to do, and all he can do is go. Well, it's also a little bit is like you go to Home Depot and you're saying, "Hey, I, I need all the stuff I need to build a deck," and Home Depot's like, "You know, we can come build your deck." And you're like, we, yeah, that's not what Home Depot is supposed to be. I don't let anyone be. touch my deck but me. I'm just saying, you, the, whole point, the whole point of Home Depot is that you're supposed to go buy the stuff to do it yourself. And then Home Depot just started offering to do it. Well, the problem is, is that if you, if you start on a project like that, you can spend a lot of time, a lot of time with your deck, you know? Well, we, have to, we actually do have to rebuild our deck. Yeah. Well, then, um, then I'll be, then I'll just be playing with the deck all the time. Well, it, you know, the deck gets older, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's uh, not as hard as it used to be. It's not falling as apart. firm, right? It's like not as softer. firm. There's mm -hmm. there's definitely some bowing in the deck, and yeah. uh, so we're Been gonna there. have to do something about that. We're thinking about bringing in some new materials, and maybe make it. Uh, you know, if we could get another good, if we, to be honest, if we could get another twenty years out of the deck, we'd be happy. That's if we could just get twenty more years. After that, if the deck wants to fall apart, uh, you know, hey, so be it. But if we could just get 20 years of good use out of the deck. I, I, are you sure? I mean, maybe go for 10. Five would be doable. Five, you know? Uh, no, I don't think it's realistic. 20 years if you put the work in, right? 
certain, you know, there's certain advances that can, you know, make the material in the deck last longer. Sounds like you're trying to recycle some old useless material for your deck. You know, I'm not you know? giving up on the deck. All right. Well, you know, I hope you enjoy your deck. Enjoy. <laughs> she, because let me tell you, she's very concerned about the deck. Like every day she's like, Bure, have you seen the deck? We've got to do something about the deck. She's like calling people. Bure, is that is the deck supposed to be that color? Exactly. And I'm like and I'm like, babe, it's an older deck. You know, I mean that's gonna happen. It's been there, it's you know, it's been around and you just gotta you just gotta accept that. And she's like, you know, I think that we should call somebody and have the deck looked at. It's been open to the elements for a lot of years. Exactly. Although when you you know, it's best with your deck to get a specialist. It's not a new deck. You know, no. so don't don't expect it to behave and and stand up like a new deck. Has Bobby thought about just getting a new deck? Well, she's absolutely uh, has hinted that she would like a, a new deck, but I have pointed out repeatedly that she can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disposing of a deck can be expensive. Yeah. The best you can hope for, the best we can hope for, is to find someone who might can refurbish the current deck. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 What do you have in photography news? <laughs> Oh, we're still in photography news? Yes. All right. So I, I wanted to, to talk about this one because I feel like that our our Nikon peeps don't get a lot of love here sometimes on the Photobomb podcast. You and I both being Canon shooters and, and Sony being the new, you know, the big swinging deck around the industry. And this week, can, or Canon, like I'm so used to leading with Canon news. This week, Nikon randomly without notice put on their website a countdown to the launch of their Z series cameras, Z7 and Z6 Mark II. So they're both getting a Mark II version. Does it seem like it's happening really soon to have a version two of these? But now come think of it, these have been out a couple of years. Yeah, well, I think that we're seeing just uh, a stepped up launch date on all of the mirrorless uh, full frames, especially. I think yeah. that I, I think that yeah, in in some ways the move to full, to to mirrorless for people like Nikon and Canon is like an initial launch of a camera company, you know, right. because their entire old line of cameras doesn't exist for the people who are moving to mirrorless. So now right. it's like we've got to come up with a whole new line of cameras for this thing. You know what I mean? Like you know, we've been making we've been making couches forever. And now we're going to come out with a Lazy Boy recliner as well. Well, we need to immediately launch six different types of Lazy Boy recliners so that we have a line of Lazy Boy recliners, you know, not just one. They've got some interesting things here to note is that Nikon is not really, I don't think they've ever done a Mark II of anything before. I think it's always That's true. It's always S. like a new number, right? It's an S usually. So they do like okay. the, the D800, the D800S or, or whatever. So... Whereas Nikon users were probably expecting a Z7S or a Z6S as sort of the upgrade. And I think that's typical for like an incremental upgrade. And then they would make like, you know, anyway. So so that's kind of an interesting thing to note. And I think that what we're looking at here is probably essentially the camera that they wanted to put out with the Z6, Z6 and Z7. Now, I have talked to plenty of my my Nikon friends who use these cameras and and like them very much. The most notable things that are irritating is the QXD card slot uh, being a card, you you know, to use the camera, you got to spend another like $400 on a decent sized card in order just to use the thing. And that the eye tracking and face detect autofocus aren't anywhere near what Canon or Sony are putting out. And more recently, Canon catching up to Sony's excellent tech in that area. So this is going to have two card slots, still going to have that was it QXD, XQ? I forget which one. And an SD card slot. So you will be able to use an SD card. It will have a dual card slot, although that second card will still need to be those mad expensive cards. Um, it will have more than likely in-body image stabilization. It will more more than likely also include improved video functionality. But as far as the actual imaging technology, I think the sensors are probably going to be the same. The EVFs are probably going to be the same. So what we're looking at is a solid upgrade that to me is going to be, they're going to be great cameras. But to anyone who purchased a Z6 or Z7 in the last year is going to be like, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with releasing new versions a year out or or 18 months out. Yeah. If they come out with something like that's just fixes every problem with your camera. Like the R5 I just bought a couple of months ago, right? And I've been using it. Love the camera. 
there are a couple of things in it that I would love to see improve. For example, I'd love to get more battery life out of this thing. And there are a couple other minor quibbles I have. And if they made a a, a Nikon R, or a Canon R5S that had a or a or a Mark II within a year of spending four thousand dollars on the camera that had you know uh, a third card slot and it had better dynamic range and it had a battery that lasted twice as long and the video didn't have any overheating issues at all and they changed the video codec from H.265 to H.264 so you could actually edit the footage without making proxy files. Like, if they made the R5 that did that and it was within a year of buying it when it first came out, I would be really upset. <laughs> <laughs> Livid. Well, you can't, you can't, ex- you, but I mean, but you can't, you can't expect them to not. I mean, you'd also be upset if they didn't address the problems in a timely fashion. So here's my question What is the timeline? What is the, what is the amount of time that needs to pass uh, so that they come out with a, a new, improved version of your camera? And you're not mad at them for doing it too soon, but then too much time, and you're mad at them for not doing it soon enough. So what's that window? How many months? How many years? I would say that for the people who buy the camera on launch, to have a a hardware replacement that basically makes your camera look dumb within a year or two is... Or two. That's a big big change. I want to nail you down on this. I would say that anybody who buys the camera in the first year that it's out, I would say the camera is still brand new in that first year. Okay. You know? And if you buy the camera in that first year, and then within another year, they come out with a version that's the same camera, but everything is better on it. You know what I mean? Okay. So you... So the camera launches January 1st, 2020. Mm -hmm. You buy it December 31st, 2020 then you should not see a new version of that camera until January 1st, 2022. So if you buy it in the first year, you want to have at least a year before it's time to replace it. Yeah, let me just have the best camera for a, a year. Yeah, just- can I just for a year? <laughs> can I have the best camera for a year? But the, And the other thing is, though, that if this camera is essentially a Nikon Z6 and a Nikon Z7, just with all the quibbles that people had fixed, it's going to make the Nikon Z6 and Z7 essentially unsellable to new people. Right. Unless they significantly drop the price, in which case that might be it might be a good move for people who've been holding on moving into mirrorless, but then they're going to save 500 bucks and know that there's a camera that if they spent $500 more, it would have nothing wrong with it that the previous one had. So like, I don't I think that this is great. One of the problems is is Canon and Nikon were in such a rush to catch up to Sony that they put out these good cameras like the R and the Z6 and the Z7 that were solid machines just way behind. Like it would have almost been worth it just to hang tight, develop those lenses and, you know, but I don't know. You're talking about a multi-billion dollar company and here I am in my like cash for gold burn down studio <laughs> thinking like this is what this multi-billion dollar company should do. Never stopped us before. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it almost feels like it's the camera that the Z6 and Z7 should have been. At the same time, though, if they've got a body out, like the EOS R and the Z6 and Z7, then they've got bodies to develop lenses for. And and I think that that's, that's not nothing, you know? And right. So uh, anyway, I hope that my Nikon peeps who waited to go mirrorless are super excited because anyone who waited and held on to those other cameras and were skeptical are going to get a big reward here in just a few days with that announcement, I think. It's going to be a real boon for Nikon to have a good re- for those people who stayed with the brand and who didn't yet go mirrorless. I think those people are going to really, really be happy with this release. There's a new lens that is out that uh, it's been uh, through Kickstarter. They raised thirty five thousand dollars through Kickstarter in late 2019, and now it's released to the general public. It has perhaps the worst name I've ever heard for anything, and it's called Fun Leader. Fun Leader, Gary is the Fun Leader. Is it the fun leader? The fun leader is like the the designation for the camp leader that everyone hates. Oh yeah, like the really over enthusiastic dude who who lives with his mom. Yeah, right. He's the fun leader. Yeah, that's that's he's the fun leader. Uh, and so anyway, it's so imagine like okay, you know when you take the lens off your camera and then you have that little cap that you can put on the body. Yeah, that, the body cap. The body cap, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the called ca- the body so the cap, cap that you put on the body is called the body cap. Yeah, yes. Okay. Strangely enough, it is, yes. Thank you for clearing that up. The cap that goes on the body. The body cap. Now, take that, put a hole in it, and make it into an 18 millimeter F8 fixed 
lens. You can't change the aperture. It's fixed at f8 and 18 millimeters, and that's what this lens is. It's basically the size of a lens cap, a body cap, except it's actually an 18 millimeter f8 lens. Yeah, okay, next question. Does it have autofocus? Uh, yeah, because autofocus is... Well, wait. Is auto? Oh, that's a good question. Autofocus is a uh, is part of the lens, right? The depth of field the de- the depth of field is two point six feet to infinity. So you don't really need autofocus. Yeah. So it's not really it's not autofocus. It's two point six feet to infinity. It would be like using a GoPro. It's basically like right. everything's in focus all the time, kind of a camera. Okay. You can't you can't adjust the shutter speed. This is a pretty compelling um, lens for. Like a vlogger, honestly, something like that. Like you can, it's it's the lens has six elements and four groups. I've seen some of the pictures, and the and the pictures look fine. And it's only gonna, uh, you can buy it on eBay for one hundred thirty nine dollars. I I'd be totally interested to check it out. Nikon, Fujifilm, Leica, Sigma, Panasonic, L mount, Canon RF mount, Sony E mount. They make it for everybody. Um, and and that was gonna be my question. So you're like, you'd absolutely be interested in this. It would Why? be. Vi- um, well, for here, here's a couple of things. I, again, if, if you haven't checked out, there's a link to both my YouTube channel and Boo Ray's YouTube channel in the comments and check those out, subscribe, like all those videos and stuff. But, um, you'll see kind of the evolution of learning to create video. And one of the things that as a portrait photographer, it's always like back up and zoom in. Right. And then if you watch YouTube videos and vloggers, it's usually very wide lenses up close. And I'm trying to figure out why does everybody shoot like this? But the truth is, is for vlogging, it's actually about the audio. And so when you're using even these shotgun mics that mount onto your hot shoe of your camera, even though they do aim forward, they don't necessarily, the, the closer you get to them, they sound better. So if you're using a, a shotgun mic, and you, and, and you know all about microphones and microphone etiquette, and, and the closer you are, it reduces your signal to noise ratio, which makes your audio better. And so... Using a wide lens when you're carrying a camera out and vlogging gets you a lot closer to the microphone, which, incre- which, which helps your signal-to-noise ratio so that you can turn the volume down and your voice comes through and all the ambient noise becomes less intrusive. And so vloggers tend to use really wide lenses up close, especially in scenarios where they're out in the world and they don't have control over the, the quietness of, of where they're shooting. And so an 18-millimeter lens... I shoot with the most popular vlogging lens, at least on the Canon RF system, seems to be the 15 to 35. And I, and I vlog a lot with the 16 to 35 lens because I have the 35 millimeter 1.8 and that's too close sometimes. And so an 18 millimeter fix for 130 bucks that you, that you don't have to work, that'd be a great walk around like vlogging in the car. You know, that that's not a bad I'd be willing to test it out and see what the quality looked like. I'd be concerned about the losing the uh, the autofocus, but I would certainly, I think it could certainly have its uses. Yeah, well, I mean, the price is, uh, the one thing I do love about it is the price is such that I'd be willing to risk it. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to lose? Yeah, $133 is all you're going to lose, you know. Um, and, and then if you don't want to use it to actually shoot with, you still have a uh, just pro- a really nice body cap. <laughs> you have a body cap. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I, uh, the, part of me is just like, if I have a big SLR, you have a DSLR, then this small little lens is not going to make that big of a difference when I could put a fixed, I could put a nifty 50 on it. Or something along those lines, but I hadn't thought about the vlogging capabilities and the mic thing. I mean, now you mentioned that, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Now I can see because I can't see why you would want to take a twenty five hundred dollar camera body and put the, and use this lens when you could just put a small fixed lens on it and do your street photography or whatever. But I can see what you're saying, sure. And at that price point, why not? If you watch some of the videos on my YouTube channel and you go to ones that are a few weeks old, you might find me using a shotgun mic on the camera and I'll shoot with my 35 and I'll be six, eight feet from the camera to get a good composition. And there's a lot of echo that I have to edit out and a lot of ambient noise. But in more recent ones, if I'm really close to the camera, I'm shooting with a 16 to 35, the sound is fantastic. And so I'm shooting things at 20 millimeters, 24 millimeters all the time. And 18 would be would be great. The only thing that would be would be different is being stuck at F8. And that's probably designed because it most likely doesn't have autofocus is what I'm guessing. No, it doesn't have autofocus. There's no way they could bring it in at that price point. 
if it had those that sort of moving those sort of moving parts in it. And that's why it stuck it stuck at F8. I mean, I could see even, you know, for fun if I didn't already have a 1635, I can see, you know, if I was building a new kit, for example, I could see for fun just getting that and throwing it in the kit for popping on there for a few pictures of the dance floor at wedding receptions and stuff like that and some wine angle stuff and why not? But if you're doing a travel blog travel vlog or something and you're like doing videos of your family and you're like passing the the camera around the car, you know, with a little microphone on top of you, 18 millimeter, it's perfect. And if it breaks, you don't care, right. you know, and, and there's no focusing, there's no zooming. You just, you know, you could turn your Fuji X100V into a great little family vlogging camera, put a little mic on top of it, and the kids could talk in the car while you're going on a road trip to Yosemite or whatever. It'd be totally, totally awesome. Except that you couldn't do it with the Fuji X100 because it doesn't have interchangeable lenses. But if you had an X-T3 or an X-T4... Now, there you go. Or an XT30 or, or whatever. Or I could get one for my EOS RP or, you know, that would be, that'd be great. I'd love that. That'd be really cool. All right. Do you have anything else you want to add to camera news, uh, to photography? No, I'm about done. Listen, did you think you were going to get away without me doing a bit of Canon news? Did you no. think you were? Because That's why not. I asked. No. <laughs> okay. So this is pretty cool. This comes from Canon Rumors, and this is a quick hit. So probably my favorite camera, funny enough, that I've bought in the last few years is the is I loved my Canon M5. Now the M series is the APS-C interchangeable lens ones, um, and they are they've grown in popularity. Not a huge reception initially, and they're very popular in other markets as uh, I think a little more than they are in the U.S. But they are a great line of cameras, and you get a lot of camera for your money. And I had the M5, and I sold my M5 to get the M50 because Julie needed a camera to carry around, take pictures of the kids, to to do vlogging and videos and stuff. And the M50 is just a brilliant. It was the probably one of the first Canons that had the eye focus, eye autofocus that was any good, and it's got the flip out, fully articulating screen. Um, it's just a great, great little travel and walk around camera. And paired with the EF lens adapter, you can actually put some great lenses on there. And the image quality is fantastic. It's got built-in Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, the whole nine yards. It's a great, great, great little camera. So uh, Canon just confirmed that it's coming out with the M50 Mark II. And this is an interesting thing that normally the stuff that they test out, that they've been testing out on these M-series cameras, ends up in the higher cameras, like the articulating screens and the eye autofocus and the straight-to-phone Bluetooth connection. That was all, I think, pioneered in the M-series cameras. And so this M50 Mark II apparently is probably going to feature full-frame 4K, where it was previously cropped. It's going to feature in-body image stabilization and possibly dual card slots. So you're going to be able to get for... And these cameras will probably come out around sub $1,000, which is where the, uh, I think the M50 is now. It'll probably come out around 1000 end up being about an $800 camera. Um, a really solid camera for not a lot of money, and it will be APS-C, but in, in my class at WPPI back in March, I used this as the class that I taught, and the images are, are fantastic. There's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful little camera. So I'm kind of excited. I, I might uh, be seriously interested in getting this. I'm excited to see what features it ends up with and uh, what, uh, what the price point will be. It's never been a better time to be a guy who buys a camera. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's almost... I was just watching a, a YouTube video this morning and they were just comparing cameras. Well, this one's like this and with this money, you could get this, this, this. If you have $900 to buy a camera, you could get anything. Like, you like whatever you want to do. Like, and that's, that's amazing. Considering the first digital cameras, like the, the Kodak systems and stuff, people were paying six figures. I can build you a, I can build you a full wedding kit for probably five grand. Yeah. So if you got zero dollars uh, invested in equipment you, with Fuji, you could probably spend five grand and get a legit wedding kit with backups of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, backups might be tricky, but you could definitely get a full wedding kit. Sure. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. All right, uh, that wraps up another episode of the show. Don't forget, you can find us online at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. That's where all the activity takes place. And don't forget to leave us a review, please, on your uh, favorite place where you listen to the podcast. We recently passed a milestone for listeners of the podcast. We won't tell you what that milestone is because we don't want to embarrass you with the huge size of our audience but it was a milestone for gary and i and we were pretty happy with that yeah you can find our website online at photobombpodcast.com you can find gary's website at hughesfiorelli.com my website is com, and you can email us questions at photobombpodcast.com we'll see you back here next week before we go though yes i have a promise to keep okay
Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I said that anyone who left a review, I would sing to them in the <laughs> style of Hall and Oates. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Let's see. What song should I do? Uh, you Make My Dreams. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's see. I will read the review from uh, Emily Davis. Uh, says, this is my favorite podcast. Not sure what that says about me, but it's true. <laughs> All right. I like that. All right. You make my dreams come true. Is that the okay. one? Go ahead. What I want, you got, might be hard to handle. Like a flame burns a candle. Like a candle feeds a flame. Oh, yeah, yeah, you. You make my dreams come true, Emily Davis. <laughs> I was wondering at some point if you were going to work the name in there. I pre- did not prepare supposed for to be this. Personalized. It's supposed to be personalized. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Emily Davis Education. Boo-doo. Boo-doo. Okay, anyway, that's it. See you later. See you next week.